0: Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ the word of god for our study this sunday is found in ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 2 and chapter 2 verses 18 through 26 nothing but vapor ecclesiastes said totally vapor Everything is just vapor that vanishes. I also hated all the results of my hard work, for which I worked so hard under the sun, since I must leave it all to the man who comes after me. And who knows, will he be wise or a fool? Yet he will have control over all the results of my hard work, for which I worked so hard and so wisely under the sun. This too is vapor that vanishes. So I changed my course, and my heart began to despair over all my hard work at which I worked so hard under the sun. Sure, there may be a man who has worked hard, wisely, aptly, and skillfully, but he must hand over whatever he accumulated by his hard work to a man who has not worked hard for it. This too is vapor. It's so unfair. For what does a man gain through all his hard work, through all the turmoil in his heart as he works so hard under the sun? Bah! Pain fills his days. His occupation is frustration. Even at night his heart does not rest. This too is vapor. There is nothing better for a man than to eat and drink and find joy in his work. This too, I saw, is from God's hand. For who can eat or enjoy himself apart from him? Yes, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness to the man whom he considers good, but that a person who goes on sinning, God gives a task of gathering and collecting, but only so that he can give it all to a person whom God considers good. This too is vapor, nothing but chasing wind. This is the word of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Solomon knew what he was talking about. It's not just because God made him wiser than anyone else who had ever lived. No, it was because of what he did and the way he lived in spite of his wisdom, the things that he should have known not to do. And most of the book of Ecclesiastes is an account by Solomon of what he learned after living a life of shameless. Self-indulgence. He paid a high price for these lessons, and everyone he had responsibility for paid the price with him. He tried to fill his life entirely with earthly pleasures, countless wives, foods, and entertainments, great houses and temples, gold and silver, and all sorts of precious things, and more and more and more. And in the process, with his thinking... I am the great, wise, and wealthy King Solomon. I can have it all. He even gave up what should have been his greatest and only true treasure, his relationship with the Lord God, who had given him all these things. He built temples for the false guards, gods of his foreign wives, and even worshipped in them. He turned his back on the God of grace and led his people astray. Because of this unfaithfulness, God told them that the kingdom of Israel would be taken away from him and his family after his death. And it was. The majority of the nation split from Solomon's son Rehoboam and united in a new kingdom. And they were never again ruled by a righteous God-fearing king. So the wisdom Solomon passes on here in Ecclesiastes toward the end of his life was purchased at great cost. But at least the king learned his lessons, and God moved him to share them so that we might learn from them without having to pay such a price. It's always better to learn from someone else's mistakes rather than from those you make yourself. But it's rather depressing-sounding wisdom Solomon passes on, isn't it? The first words from his mouth are, nothing but vapor, totally vapor. Everything is just vapor that vanishes. Or or perhaps you prefer the old King James translation, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. The idea behind the Hebrew word here is vivid. Think of how you can see your breath when you go outside in the wintertime, yet it disappears almost immediately as though it were never there. That's the kind of permanence and value Solomon ascribes to everything under the sun that he can do or enjoy or work for or achieve. It's just vapor. And he's not just disillusioned or depressed. He's right. This is God's truth. A life lived in pursuit of one's own goals, no matter whether those goals are grand or greedy, noble or hedonistic, is empty and pointless because the Lord has been left out of it. And even worse, is a life that will end very badly because it leads straight to hell. Now Solomon's life hadn't been full only in the pursuit of pleasure. He had also achieved great real things. He was in many respects a great king. He had extended the borders of the kingdom, brought peace to his people after centuries of war and insecurity, and had built God's temple, and fortified cities, and much more. But he was going to die, and none of those achievements would mean anything to anyone, especially since they'd be left in the hands of someone who had not worked for them, and who would therefore not appreciate their true value. And the rich fool in our gospel today had real gains, a bumper crop, but he would not be able to enjoy them after his life was taken from him. Have things changed? No. There is nothing new under the sun. Many people still try, strive to make take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry, their life's motto and goal. But it is still an empty life and a dead end. The pleasures we chase do not last, and the riches we gather are of no value to us beyond this life. And even a life spent pursuing less selfish or more charitable goals, if they are simply one's own goals, is meaningless in the long run under the sun. Because no matter how much of a difference you try to make, you die, and the people you help die, and you and your work are forgotten. Of course, it's not only in the Bible and the book of Ecclesiastes that we see the meaninglessness and emptiness of all the things people strive for apart from God. The media, as much as it glorifies materialism and excess, still illustrates the pointlessness of those things perfectly. Look at the rock stars and celebrities, reality stars and rappers, actors and athletes who've got it all, money, fame, whatever their hearts might desire, yet still complain about what's missing from their lives always grasping after something new or different or more exciting. Consider all the people who seem to have it made in the shade but still look to escape life under the sun with drugs or alcohol and read the books and watch the movies and listen to the music and gives the message directly or indirectly. There's really no point to anything we do that life really has no meaning and that no matter what I do or have, I can't get no satisfaction. St. Augustine said of God, our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. That, you see, is why life lived apart from God is empty. There is nothing else we can do or gain that fills the holes in our hearts or gives meaning to our lives. What Adam and Eve lost Cannot be replaced by anything under the sun that's what it took a lifetime for Solomon to learn. That's what the rich fool never learned. What will it take for us to learn that lesson and keep ourselves from forgetting it because that sinful nature that Paul talked about in Colossians three till push pushes and pulls at us, goading us to strive after our own selfish pleasures and to measure meaning meaning and success by the world's standards instead of God's. God's verdict remains firm. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself and is not rich towards God. So we need to see things as they really are. But simply agreeing with Solomon that everything is vapor isn't enough. We need something more. We need meaning. We need purpose, but we can't find or make it on our own. That would truly be pointless. Because trying to fix the problem, this emptiness, by our own efforts and using our own wisdom runs you into exactly the same problem as before. We cannot do anything that God calls good or that has eternal value because we're sinners. Through and through, from birth to death. And there's nothing we can do to change that. Which means there's nothing we can do to please God. And since Solomon points out that God blesses and gives purpose to only those who please him, we have a big problem. What we need, we don't have, and we can't get. And so we thank God and praise him and sing hallelujahs because he solved that problem for us. What we could never come up with on our own, God gave us the gift of salvation, the gift of grace, his undeserved love for us undeserving sinners, the gift of Jesus. He even gave us the faith which takes hold of these gifts. So that is one thing we have to remember to grab hold of, that it is all a gift from God. And because he is perfect and almighty and full of love for us sinners, we can be certain that he will give us everything we need for salvation, forgiveness of our many sins, for eternal life, for value. And he gives it freely. There's no cost to us. Everything we cannot earn or produce on our own is ours because he gave it to us in Christ. That's the change Paul was talking about in our reading today from Colossians. And it's only because of that change that we can please God. Only his children earn his smile and gain his blessing. All the things that Solomon says, says God gives to those who please him and we have been made his children. He gave us that when he sent Christ to the cross as our substitute to pay the price for our sins, to die the death that our rebellion and selfishness earn, and to bear the punishment of hell we deserve for choosing our way instead of God's. And as part of his gift to us, Christ also rose from the dead. We died with Christ, as Paul pointed out, but we have been raised with him too, raised to live a new life as God's children, as those who have been blessed by him in unimaginable ways. And because Christ is our very life now, we have an amazing promise to hold on to, that when he returns, we will appear with him in glory. So even when we have labor and toil and strife, even when we feel the pain and grief that Solomon spoke of as a result of man's work, as the price of striving in this world, even then we have comfort, we have confidence, we have joy, because God has given us no end of promises and he will keep them all. We are forever in his care. And with all these gifts comes value to everything that we do, meaning to everything that we are, the reason to do all the things that we do. We are part of his eternal plan and purpose. And so we know that no matter what happens, it will all come out right for us in the end. Paul tells us in Romans 8, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have called according To his purpose. God looks out for the faithful, for his people, and in the end, he will give them all good things. That's what Solomon meant when he talked about the sinners gathering up wealth to hand over to those whom God considers good. The meek will inherit the earth. And so Solomon's word, point in these words of wisdom, though he doesn't state it directly, is to stop. Stop chasing the wind. Don't do that anymore. Don't live to please yourself. Don't live to pursue your own goals. But live to please your Savior. And then your life will have true meaning and lasting value. When we do what God has called us to do, live out our vocations as parents or children or students or teachers or bosses or workers or cops or soldiers, Whatever it might be, we please God and serve our neighbor. So it's not how much money we make or what we achieve or how famous we are, but how faithful we are and what God blesses. The things that have value and the things that last are the things that God wants in our lives. So we counter the vapor of life and the wind chasing of this world by maximizing what matters. Maximize the Holy Spirit's input, filling up with the word and sacraments and maximize the output of what he can do in and through him, the good works of lasting value that he places before us in opportunities as ways to please God and say, thank you for all he has given us. Because there is life no more meaningful, no work or toil or labor more valuable That is life in Christ, life under God's Son. Nothing is vapor, and everything has value. Amen. Please rise. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen.